This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. The other day, the Heartland Institute's H. Sterling Burnett was a guest on the Cardle and Woolley Texas radio program on AM 1370 in Austin, Texas. He was asked to be on the program to talk about Biden possibly declaring a climate emergency and other Biden climate policies that are not very good for the country. Have a listen. Logically discussing the issues Austin cares about. Cardinal and Woolley on Talk 1370. Join in 512-643-5483. Welcome to the final half hour of today's Carl and Woolley show. The only show you'll ever need in the morning in Austin, Texas, the nation's 10th largest city. You know, yesterday, Lynn Woolley, we referred to this article out of Just the News, uh, John Solomon's excellent publication that started off as the following. Last week, President Joe Biden said during an interview that his administration had already declared a national emergency over climate change. And it went on to source one Sterling Burnett, who's a senior fellow at the Heartland Institute for Climate Issues. Heartland's one of the nation's preeminent think tanks, gets information to every state legislator in every state across the nation, and as luck would have it, he and I used to work together along with Pete Sessions, who now Congressman will be joining us this Thursday, putting a plug for that. But Sterling Burnett, thanks for joining us this morning. Has he or hasn't hasn't he a national emergency crisis? It's probably more serious of a possibility than everyone would think. What's your thoughts, sir? He has not declared one yet. He thinks... (laughs) He thought for a second he had, uh, but then, but then c- corrected himself when the reporter pointed out, "Well, we've never seen this." And he, oh, well, virtually, I did virtually. Uh, uh, virtual national emergency for climate change is not the same thing as a, a declared national emergency. He has to go through some steps to do that, and if he should do it, uh, well, we, we've seen one recently, right? We saw something called COVID nineteen that the Wuhan coronavirus, and uh, it locked down the nation. And this would be a much longer and uh, more powerful national emergency because climate change isn't going away in a year. Uh, climate change is, uh, well, it's been a constant throughout history. Um, and it will give the president powers like he had during COVID, going back a little bit farther, like he had during World War II, to shape industrial policy, to tell factories they won't make certain things and they will make other things, to tell workers what, you know, uh, to ration, uh, say, gas. In World War II, they rationed gasoline. Mm -hmm. Well, he doesn't like fossil fuels, so let's just start rationing them. He's going to do away with it. Yeah, you know, let's let's make the transition to electric vehicles more rapid, even though our electric grid can't handle the transition we're doing, you know, the pace right now, because they're also adding wind and solar. We will be adding more of that. If he occurs a national emergency, America won't be the America that many of your listeners grew up in. Sterling, I want to ask you about who is behind this. We all have our thoughts on it. Uh, My thought is that Obama is still the president right now, and this is his third term. Uh, In that case, we have to decide whether Obama wants to declare a national climate emergency. Who do you think will make that decision for Joe Biden? (laughs) 
Well, I'm not going to presume that Joe is not. Uh, uh, he's got some problems, but I'm not going to presume that he's not the one that finally makes the decision. But I'll say this. He's getting pressure from all wings of the party, the, but especially the progressive wing of the party, the tail that in recent years has wagged the dog, even even farther left than Obama. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been pushing for this, and for some reason, the Democrats have have begun in recent years to counter to them. They they used to support labor. They will they thrown labor over for the radical environmental fringe. Mm-hmm. They used to support the little guy. They've thrown the little guy over for the radical, the wealthy radical environmental fringe, the politically connected uh, wind and solar billionaires that are reaping billions of dollars in subsidies every mm-hmm. year. Um, so it's it's hard to understand why they did this, but I think if he declares a national emergency on climate change, it will be a step too far. And he may know that. That, that. I think that's the reason why I think saner voices in his administration, his his closest advisors, may be telling him we can't do what the French wants because we'd like to win the next election. Before we get to the rest of the podcast, I want to tell you about a great event coming up that you will not want to miss. The Heartland Institute's 39th Anniversary Benefit Dinner. It will be held Friday, September 8th at the Marriott Chicago O'Hare Hotel convenient place for people in Chicagoland, as well as people flying in from out of town. Our featured speaker is John Stossel, one of the few libertarians who has ever risen to the top of American media. He's the winner of 19 Emmys, a Peabody Award, and five honors from the National Press Club. You might remember this veteran of ABC News from the show 2020 back in the day, his show on Fox, or his popular YouTube videos. John has for decades been a tireless voice for liberty, exposing government abuse and overreach. His voice is needed now more than ever in the wake of a federal government that has grabbed vast new powers over our economy and our society. We are also honored to award former Illinois State Representative and gubernatorial candidate Jeannie Ives as the 2023 Heartland Liberty Prize winner. A West Point graduate, Jeannie has fought for liberty her whole life, and her time in public office was marked by strong conservative leadership and unwavering commitment to the taxpayer's bottom line. She now has her own radio show on AM560 to further the conservative message. You will not want to miss this chance to meet John Stossel and Jeannie Ives and hear their inspiring speeches to hundreds of your fellow lovers of liberty. Get your tickets today and join us September 8th to help support the Heartland Institute and our shared mission of protecting liberty and our precious constitutional rights. For more information, visit heartland.org or call 312-377-4000. Again, visit heartland.org or call 312-377-4000 for tickets. We hope to see you there with John Stossel and Jeannie Ives for an unforgettable evening. I don't want to be a conspiratorialist or anything, but we've seen stranger things happen. They're about to throw Donald Trump in jail with every indictment warranted or not. The American public believes the federal government is being weaponized. Just how close to being a reality, as you mentioned, the Bernie Sanders and the like, AOCs are saying this is something that's necessary. Did he let the cat out of the bag accidentally? Well, you know, like he, he may do it. And, of course, um, uh, they, count, they, they, say, they say that they are the defenders of democracy, right? Yes. Uh, as, they, as they act as fast as they can to undermine a constitutional republic and the democratic elements of it. 
if if they declare if he declared a national emergency for climate change just before the elections and did a lockdown, he could say, "Oh, no, we're still going to have those vote things. We'll we'll still vote. Uh, come on, man, we'll still vote, but we just have to put it off a little while longer. We just have to make sure everyone's safe. We got to make sure that people aren't emitting more carbon dioxide than they would. So we'll get a more mail by vote, or maybe we'll do phone votes." You know, because there's oh, no corruption my. with any of that stuff. Uh, w- w- the, the point is, it gives him all sorts of powers. We don't even know the powers because the law is written, uh, you know, as all laws are, in, in a sort of vague fashion to give some discretion at the, at the edges. And, and could the, like could the Republican-controlled House of Representatives defund whatever he tries to do in, in case he does make this declaration? Well— they could try, right? But uh, they don't control the Senate, and mm-hmm. any bill that they passed uh, would have to get his signature. And if you're going to sign a bill that that, that uh, basically goes against everything he stands for, now what they could do, uh, where the Republicans in, in the House have some control is they could just say, "Well, we won't pass any bills. We won't we won't pass any funding bills, and we'll let the government shut down." Yes, which would be so preferable. Can't enforce. Uh, well, I think it would be preferable. Uh, I'd like to see it shut of, down for, for a couple for a of months. And, 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 and the only problem with it shutting down is that we we pay everybody retroactively for their little that's, vacations. That's what I was just going to say. The only problem I have with that is that we always uh, claw back the money for the people who uh, they put out of work to be shut down. That's the problem. Uh, our, if our, there was a real threat, if if the, if the threat was you won't get paid if we shut down, suddenly – they would become more moderate, I have a feeling. All right, folks, we're visiting with Sterling Burnett, Director of Climate and Environmental Policy at the Heartland Institute. Sterling, let me pivot a little bit. We had Steve Moore on the other day, and his uh, Committee to Unleash Prosperity came out with a study the other day that talked about since Joe Biden's become president, Americans are paying $10,000 per year, according to Casey Mulligan, or somewhere thereabouts, as a result of increased regulation. Talk about the cost, this inflationary spiral we're in. It's almost baked in and not going to be shut down anytime soon based on regulators gone wild, correct? Oh, yeah. It's regulations. It's, it's, it's inflation through energy price increases. Yes. You know, look, he's, he want, Biden has declared war on the average American. He wants to control what kind of appliances you have in your home. No more gas stoves or only the most expensive gas stoves, which means, of course, his rich friends can still afford gas stoves. It's just you and I that will be stuck with electric stoves, which won't work when the power goes out because the wind's not blowing. Uh, he, 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 they've, they've, they've been to the incandescent light bulb. They yes. want to control the car. They want to make sure you only have electric vehicles. They, um, Incandescent light bulbs, to say the least. That's just beyond me. Yeah, look, it, it started when they went back, way back, when they started telling you how much water your toilet could use. I've read the Constitution. Where in the Constitution is the government given the authority to tell you you got to care about water or your uh, toiletries? It's not in there. So the government has aggregated to itself has has assumed these powers and the courts have nodded and winked and, and let it go forward. But it's not in the constitution, but he's doing it he's 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 rapid firing it. I mean, he's passing so many regulations that are adding 
Steve talking about cost. I talk about freedom. They are uh, telling you, they are stealing your freedom. They are telling you what you can use and what you can't. All right, Sterling, oh I want to try, we just have another minute or so. That's I want to, I want to t- turn this back to the, where we started uh, with some of this uh, climate policy. When we look at these wildfires in Maui, yeah. and uh, it would appear to me that there was some awfully bad management. Uh, brush was not cleaned out. Brush is and kindling is just asking for a wildfire to be started. Uh, was the power company out there in Hawaii more concerned with changing over to some kind of renewable energy and that they let other things go that may have led to these fires? Well, I don't think we know for sure whether the power company is on the hook for this. Okay. Um, it's, it's too early in the investigation. But we do know that... Uh, climate change had nothing to do with it. Uh, we had natural weather events. Every year they have a dry season. We had a hurricane going by that was sending high winds. They had more than 10 years of warning. 10 years, public officials had said. Wildfire risk is not a small risk. Wildfires are increasing here because of invasive grasses that the government has allowed to grow up on fallow fields. They used to grow pineapples there. All these fields that got out of the pineapple business and did they replant native grasses and, and plants? No. They let an invasive grass, largely one, but not, not just one, but called guinea grass, can grow during the wet season, which they have, 10 centimeters a day, get up to six feet, and they just let it grow all around this village, this town, Lahaina, yeah. and a lot of other places in Hawaii. And so you've got large loads of fuel, hot, dry, seasonal weather. Hurricane winds, so all you need is a spark. I don't know if they know what this spark was yet. Could be the power lines. And it's certainly true that uh, the Hawaii utility, you know, look, the government's putting pressure on it. I, I, I don't necessarily blame it for putting more into fighting climate change when that's what the governor says he's doing. He spent $100 million earlier this year to fighting climate change. If he'd spent half that clearing brush and making sure their water lines had water in them yeah. for this fire – it would have saved you know more lives than all the climate spending he'll ever spend, mm-hmm. um, it, it, which is none, which yes. is not a single life. And by the way, before uh, before Al Gore uh, came along and and told us differently, we didn't have any adverse weather conditions, no hurricanes. Right. We had nothing back in the eighteen hundreds and nineteen hundreds before we started uh, filling up the world with carbon dioxide. All right. <laughs> Sterling Burnett, director of the Heartland Institute Center on Climate and Environmental Policy. Keep up the good fight, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, sir.